Hey, what's going on, family? Welcome back to the In The Word podcast. Just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for everything that you do every single week, uh, from your prayers, your comments, the downloads, all of you that have went on iTunes and have given us a rating or left a, a, a comment for us on iTunes. That has really been a blessing and an encouragement to us. And I just want to say thank you guys. But listen, this week on the podcast, I really want to talk about something that I saw um, in this last uh, past week, you know, some really, really disturbing incidents. And, you know, as I saw the first one happen, you know, obviously it was like, man, this is, you know, this is kind of crazy that something like this could happen, you know, from a person making a mistake. But as the week went on and I'm just on social media, I see all of these other stories pop up and I'm like, wow, you know, and it just brought me back to what we constantly talk about on our YouTube channel, what we constantly talk about on this podcast. And that's where we are in this world when it comes to what the Bible talks about, you know, the last days and how this world is passing away. And as I saw these events take place, you know, very disheartening, very hurtful. And I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about it, uh, about about all of those incidents today and just share my thoughts on them. But some of these stories you may have heard of, uh, if not all of them, because I believe uh, that all of them received uh, national media attention. But believe it or not, um, even though they did, some of them I just stumbled across in a couple you know, I just seen, you know, just being on social media or just seeing a news feed somewhere. But yeah, just really unfortunate situations. But the first one uh, was on April 13th. Um, and some of you may have heard um, about this one because I believe it was addressed in, like I said, the national media. I think even the White House might have addressed it. You know, I'm not a big news person, so I don't really watch a lot of news and, and truthfully, these stories I stumbled across on like Twitter, some of the social media sites that I'm on really looking at other stuff. Um, I ran across some of these stories. If it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have heard of them. But, you know, I guess this particular story uh, dealing with uh, Ralph Yarl, um, if you don't know who he is, he's a 16 year old young man. He went to uh, a guy named Andrew's Lester house, uh, Andrew Lester's house, um, and he rung the doorbell you know, looking for his siblings. Unfortunately, you know, for Ralph and for, for Andrew Lester, you know, he was at the wrong address. Um, and what ended up happening was that uh, Andrew Lester ended up shooting this young man in his forehead and in his arm. And and this is just for him making the mistake of, of being at the wrong address. And there was conflicting stories. Uh, you know, Mr. Lester said that when he opened the door, Ralph, you know, uh, grabbed the handle. And when Ralph uh, finally came out of, um, you know, his, his, you know, out of, finally came out of, uh, you know, his, his sleep or whatever have you that he was going through when he, when he was conscious again, I should say, um, because he did survive by the grace of God and definitely nothing but a miracle. You know, he disputed that. He said he never grabbed the handle. Mr. Lester opened the door and just immediately shot through the glass door, you know, shooting him in the, in the forehead first and then shooting him in the arm. And obviously, you know, this, you know, received national media attention because Ralph, you know, being black and Mr. Lester being white, you know, immediately, you know, there's, you know, questions, is there a racial component here? And then one of the things that Ralph said was, uh, you know, that Mr. Lester said was don't come around here, you know, after he shot him. So 
really crazy incident, you know, whether it was racially motivated, fear motivated, hate motivated. I mean, just the fact of being shot um, for for wrong, ringing the wrong doorbell um, is very alarming. And I know for me, it definitely is alarming and not not just being. Uh, uh, not just being a black person ringing somebody's doorbell. I mean, that's one component of it. But as I read these other stories, you'll see what I mean by that. But me personally, I do a lot of uh, independent contract work, you know, whether that's for particular companies. Sometimes I might do a little Uber Eats if I don't have enough jobs from for, uh, from some of the companies that I work for. So I'm constantly at, you know, people's door. And there's times that I go to doors by accident, you know, but you know, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, believe in the protection of God. And, you know, I just trust God that, you know, God, you know, has me, you know, in his hands, you know, and he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we know that as Christians, as saved people, there are things that we will go through, things that are unexpected, but I just trust God. I don't go to these doors in fear or worried. You know, I just do what I got to do and just get up out of there. But for me, just seeing that alone because of the jobs that I do, you know, it can definitely be very alarming. So as I see this happen, you know, and I'm like, man, I, you know, I'm reading through the comments and obviously people going back and forth about the racial component, you know, a lot of people talking junk, um, some people sympathetic, some unsympathetic for the young man, some people sympathetic for Mr. Lesser, some people unsympathetic for him, but just reading the comments and seeing the back and forth that people are having about the situation, a lot of times it has nothing to do with these two individuals. It's just they're, they're pushing their own agendas and their own ideas. But I see this, and then lo and behold, two days later, Kaylin Gillis, I don't know if you guys heard about this, Kaylin Gillis, a young white female, 21 years old, her and her friends in upstate New York, they're same, almost similar type of situation as, as to Ralph. They, they're looking for a friend's house. They drive into the wrong driveway. Uh, I believe the guy, Kevin Monahan, you know, he, he he comes out of his house. I guess they realize they're in the wrong driveway. They turn around and Kevin, you know, a Caucasian man, uh, they're, they're driving out of the driveway and he shoots into the car and he kills Miss Gillis. So this is two days after what we see happen with Ralph, right? And it's it's somewhat... A same situation, but as far as the color, you know, or, you know, the colors of the individuals or the race of the individuals, it's something totally different, right? It's a, it's a white male and a white young lady. And it's like, man, this is insane. Once again, somebody's, you know, uh, and, and unfortunately for Miss Gillis, she was killed. She didn't have the opportunity to come through this. So she loses her life for making a mistake. Ralph gets shot in the forehead for making a mistake. And as you see these two incidents happen, you like, this is insane. Like, what is going on out here? You mean in the span of two days, two individuals get shot? for making a mistake, you know, for going up the wrong driveway, for knocking on the wrong door. But lo and behold, three days later, we hear about Heather Roth and Peyton Washington. And this was in Texas, Heather Roth and Peyton Washington, two cheerleaders, right? They're in the HEB supermarket parking lot. Um, we don't have any HEBs in Connecticut. This is the first time I've, I've ever heard of that grocery store. But they're in the parking lot of this supermarket because they were carpooling, you know, coming back from cheerleading practice. Uh, and I believe uh, Heather, she gets in the wrong car. 
makes him, you know, she mistakes a car for being her car, opens the door, sees some guys, some guy sitting in the car, immediately closes the, the door and tries to, you know, go away from the car and, and leave with her friends. And this guy starts shooting. And his name was uh, Pedro Rodriguez Jr. So here we see two young ladies, you know, in a parking lot, trying to get home, trying to get get in their car and everybody leave, you know, and go to their respected places. And here comes Pedro because of a mistake. He shoots these two these two young ladies. And I believe he was shooting at a group of them. Um, and he ends up uh, grazing uh, Heather Roth. And I believe Peyton Washington, you know, according to the reports, it says that, you know, she was shot twice and seriously injured. And they said that they had to remove her spleen and that she also suffered damage to her diaphragm and liver. Once again, a mistake, you know, somebody making a mistake. And this is two days. This is three days later, five days after what happens to Ralph. So here in a span of five days, we have three similar incidents, human beings making a mistake and being punished for it. And then you would look at this situation and say, man enough is enough. Like what's going on out here? And on the same, the very same exact day in North Carolina, crazy, insane. We have Kinsley White, who is six years old and her dad, William White, both shot because the young kids were outside playing basketball. Their basketball rolls into the yard of Robert Singletary and he comes out shooting. Shoots the dad, I believe, in the back. Shoots the little girl. Uh, they had an interview with her on the news, and you could see a scar on her jaw from from the bullet fragments. And and you know, just like a six year old, she's wondering, like, you know, why would you shoot? You know, she said, why would you shoot my dad? Why would you shoot the dad of a little kid? You know, and this young man, Robert Singletary, you know, he was a, he was a black young man. So once again, when you read through those comments and, and I'm sure even with the Heather Roth and Peyton Washington, you know, when I was reading through the comments of what happened with little Kinsley and her father, you know, everything's racial. Everything is about race and this and that. And it's like many people don't understand or they're not paying attention to Like, Listen, it's not so much about race, even if those things were race driven, hate driven, fear driven. These are human beings that have made a mistake and were 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 either killed or almost killed by another human being. I don't care. Spanish, black, white. It doesn't matter. This is insane to see four incidents like this happen in a matter of what? Five days. And four months before that, because as I was researching these incidents, I see a, a guy named Trayvon Dunneville, a young man named Trayvon Dunneville. I believe he was like 24 years old in Atlanta. And this was in December. So maybe about four months ago, five months ago, if that he shot at a gas station for what? Getting in the wrong car by accident. He was doing something on his phone. He opened up the door thinking it was his pregnant fiance. Now listen to that. He's thinking that it's his pregnant fiance's car, the car that they were riding in. So she's right there. When this happens, he opens the door, shot up, kill. She has to see him, you know, in this manner, pregnant, insane, out of control. And when I saw 
all of these incidents, especially the four that happened in the five days, it really got me to thinking about a lot of stuff that we talk about here on the podcast and on the channel about where we are in these last days. And, you know, people, they like to go back and say, oh, they've been talking about these type of things in the Bible, you know, because we don't know when the Lord is going to return. But the Bible clearly gives us uh, uh, descriptions uh, of signs that we'll see and, you know, when it becomes uh, closer and closer to the Lord's return. And these are the types of things that the Bible talks about. And, you know, even though we talk about mental health a lot, especially in the United States and all over the world, yes, mental health is real. But what we have to understand is this stuff starts in the spiritual realm, right? Like there's no, it's no coincidence that these four incidents happen in in those five days and they're all so similar to each other. It's just like when we see the mass shootings, go back and look at the different mass shootings that happens, especially in the United States. I can't speak for other countries. Go back and look at those dates on those mass shootings. It seems like when one happens, then in the next few weeks, it's a bunch of them that happen, right? And I don't think that's by coincidence. We know that the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. We know that he's running rampant. He's doing everything that he could to cause confusion, to bring people down, because the Bible is clear that he knows his time is short. But I wanted to share this story to show you the importance of, you know, if you have a relationship with the Lord, of continuing to build, you know, that strong relationship. What have we been talking about on the Eat Up Mondays? I believe in him, but do I know him, right? Do I truly know the Lord? Do I truly have a relationship with him? Because listen, that's all that really matters right now is the the main thing that matters right now is our relationship with the Lord. And guess what? When we're building or when we have a strong relationship with the Lord, it spills over into all other areas of our lives, family, co-workers, you know, uh, fellowshipping with strangers or, you know, having to interact with strangers. It spills over into all areas of our lives when we are being led by the Holy Spirit. And we need to be led by the Holy Spirit because we don't know every single detail that happened in these in these stories, but we do know that people were 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 killed and almost killed for a mistake. You know, whether there was an exchange in dialogue or whether there wasn't, it's senseless and it doesn't make sense. And that's what I was talking about recently, because even in situations where there is dialogue, let's say you get into it with somebody over uh, uh, them cutting you off, some type of road rage or something in the grocery store. I talked about this months ago. You have to be very careful with your words. Allow the Lord to lead you because we are living in a time where people will kill you for saying the smallest thing. And we're not out here being in fear and being afraid, right? We're out handling our business, spending, you know, having fun with our families, taking vacations, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, kids going to school, you going to work, shopping, going out to eat, whatever. So we're not out here living in fear but we definitely have to be out here being watchful as well as praying, like truly being led by the spirit. And if you don't know the Lord, and uh, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and savior, you absolutely should be seeking after the Lord. Because even if you're not saved, I shared this 
on the podcast not too long ago where I was in uh, Dunkin' Donuts getting some coffee and I heard these young ladies and, you know, they were, I could tell they were a little ratchet and, you know, you know, just by the way they were talking and some of the things they were doing. But one of them said to the other one, you know, this is, you know, the world is ending. And she was dead serious, you know, for her to, to, to be, you know, young as she is and be where she is and just kind of just hearing their dialogue kind of carefree and not really, you know, seem to be worrying about anything. Like one thing she realized is that, listen, by what my eyes are seeing and the things that I'm hearing, you know, the world is definitely coming to the end. These things are not normal. And that's what the scripture says. Listen, the world and the lust thereof is passing away. The world is on hospice and it's not going to get better. Is God going to continue to save and bring his children home and continue to show grace and mercy? Absolutely. But remember what the Bible said about uh, in the days of Noah, Jesus was like, just in the days of Noah, you know, people, you know, giving in marriage, they partying and eating and doing all these different things. And the flood was on its way. But one thing we have to remember also that was happening in the days of Noah was that the people were super duper violent. And that's what we are seeing now. And once again, this is not for us to be afraid or to be worried or, or to go outside, you know, uh, scared and shook up. But it's something it reminds me of something that my friend and I, my boy B, we used to always talk about and laugh about. You know, if you ever seen those old uh Wizard of Oz movies, you know, I, I, I would say to him, man, Dorothy absolutely had it right. Like there truly, there is no place like home, right? Like if you don't have to be out and about and don't have to be anywhere, then there's no place like being in the safety of your own home. And, you know, even sometimes that can be in jeopardy depending on what an individual is doing or depending on, you know, uh, the motive of somebody trying to break in somebody's house or whatever have you. But the safest place that you could be, right, is in your own home. And it feels good to be able to come home and relax and rest and enjoy your family. But once again, we're not talking about being in fear. You know, my family and I, we go out, my sons, they, you know, they're doing karate, they're doing swimming lessons. So we're out and about in the public. So we're not talking about, you know, barricading yourself in and being afraid because guess what the Bible says? And we're going to get into that a little bit. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has told us to be watchful as well as pray. Just like he told Peter in the garden, listen, you need to be watchful and you need to be praying because there's a lot of things going on way far beyond what you're seeing on the internet, right? Way far beyond that. Satan, he works, you know, in a subtle manner. So we, we like to harp on just everything we see on the internet and make videos, you know, about this conspiracy or that conspiracy, or this is going on and, you know, uh, uh, chips and, you know, uh, uh, barcodes and this. But listen, those aren't the things that you really need to be worrying about. What you really need to be worrying about are the things that you cannot see that is going on around you. But I thought these these uh, stories, they really hit home. They really were hurtful to see because these are just, you know, you know, different people in different walks of life, just just enjoying themselves or either with family coming back from having a good time, trying to pick up family and either lost their life or almost loses their life. And, you know, I heard, you know, just listening to these stories you know, people with their different opinions, you know, some, it, oh, it was about race, you know, in some of these situations, uh, some, you know, it, it, it was about fear, the individual was scared and so on and so forth. And 
one thing we have to be super careful about, and I've talked about this, excuse me, in older videos when, you know, when we've had discussions about police and police brutality and people, you know, losing their lives, whether they're black or white, you know, that are unarmed and the police killed them or, you know, they may be, you know, wielding a bat. And it seems like there there could be another way to disarm this individual without killing them. And one thing I talked about when I talked about those issues, you know, when it comes to the police and stuff like that, like one type of police you don't want to have is either a police with hate in his heart and whether that's hate for humanity, hate for a particular race or fear in their heart. Right. Because when somebody is afraid, they can be a super dangerous person, because I don't think every incident. I don't think all incidents are all the same, especially when it comes to police. I don't think every time there's a different, uh, you know, like there's different races involved in the shooting that is always, you know, racially motivated or, you know, whatever have you. I think sometimes there is a fear there. And this is why I say that, because I remember, remember I told you guys, I, you know, do a lot of contract work for different companies, you know, pretty much I drive you like anything that I can find contract work wise that I can do that's driving. I'm on it, you know, so if any of you guys out there know anything going on in Connecticut, let me know because that's what I do, right? I drive for different companies and about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I was driving for a meal company where I delivered meals late at night, like overnight uh, to people's doorsteps. And I remember getting pulled over. I can't remember what town I was in, in Connecticut. And I remember getting pulled over by a young white cop and this young man like immediately, you know, I could see there was a little fear in his eyes, but there was something else that I saw, right? And God allowed me to see it. Because when he walked up to the car, I could tell he was wrestling in his mind because guess what? We're all watching social media. We're all listening to peers and to relatives and hearing these stories about black and about white, about the white cop or the black thug, the white thug, the black cop. You know, we hear all these stories and I could tell he was wrestling with, listen, I, I want to let this guy know that I pulled over. This is not nothing personal. You know what I mean? I just want to know because I was going I was going faster than I should have on that particular road. And I could see it's late at night. It's just me and him. You know, he doesn't want to come up aggressive and all that, but he's also struggling with like, what if this guy is on some other stuff? So he's, I can see he's a little afraid and, and, and by the grace of God, you know, um, we talked, you know, uh, and he, he allowed me to go, you know, he, he saw what I was doing. He saw all the boxes in the back of the car, but as I pulled off, you know, I kind of felt bad for him and me because this is how people lose their lives, you know, or gets labeled a certain way. Right. Because he didn't he didn't seem to have a, a personal problem with me, but he did seem a little nervous. Right. And that's why I said we don't want to be out here on either side. And, you know, whether what no matter what race you are or, you know, where you're at or where you're working at, like not for one, having these stereotypes for one another and but also having fear within us. Right. Because when fear is there, you know, fear can cause you to do some wild and crazy things. But I saw that dilemma in him. He wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to let me know, listen, 
you know, brother, this ain't personal. You were speeding. I just, and look, I didn't take it personal. We talked and that was that. And, and thankfully, you know, it went that way by the grace of God. But guess what? Stuff don't always happen that way. But guess what? Let's say, God forbid, he would have shot me because, you know, maybe I moved the wrong way or whatever. And he did it out of fear. Listen, the first thing he's going to be labeled as, oh, you just did that because, you know, it was a black guy. And who knows? Maybe he maybe he's afraid every time he pulls somebody over. Maybe, you know, I don't know. But I'm just saying I saw that in him. And these are the types of dilemmas and things that we struggle with. But we that are saved, we can't be operating in that way. Right. Why? Because the scripture is very clear in Second Timothy. And I'll read that in a minute. But let me read another scripture to you guys. And we'll be closing out the podcast soon. But I want to read First uh, John chapter 4, verses 15 through 19 to you guys, because the reason why I wanted to share these stories was, for one, to get awareness out there to whether you saved or not saved, to, you know, look at what's going on. Like, these things aren't by coincidence. If you've been living any length of time, right, I'm 46 years old. If you've been living 20-something years, or even if you're a teenager, 50 years, 60 years, if you be honest with yourself, from when you were younger until now, things are totally different. You haven't seen things happening like this ever in your life, whether that's human beings acting a fool or whether that's the weather acting a fool. Like these are things that we have never seen in our lifetime and it's progressing. It is getting worse. Amen. But um, I wanted to share the scripture with you guys. First John uh, 4 verses 15 through 19, it says, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And that word dwell there means to live or stay as a permanent resident to to reside. Right. So it says that we're our God. You know, when we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, God is our permanent residency. That's where we reside. Remember, Jesus talked about and I talked about this in the um, I believe in him. But do I know him? I talked about this in those messages. John 15, where he says, if you abide in me, I will abide in you. He says, listen, apart from me, you can't do anything. When you guys get a chance, go to our YouTube channel and and, and check those uh, recent eat up Monday messages out. I believe that there'll be encouragement to you. But verse 16 goes on to say, and we have known and believed that the love that God have to us, God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. Why? Because God is love and God in him. So God dwells in him also. Listen to this verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. So guess what? We supposed to be what? Uh, we should we should be out here representing God. We should be being as he is because he abides in us. Love abides in us. So that's what we should be showing. Right. And there's no way that fear should be there. Why? Because listen to what the next scripture says. It says there is no fear in love. And that's why I kept, you know, re, you know, reiterating earlier that, listen, I'm not talking about being afraid. I'm talking about being aware. I'm talking about watching as well as praying. I'm not talking about being afraid. And that even when COVID was going on, I talked about this. I was like, listen, there's one thing to be aware and to be cautious, but if you are afraid in this season of COVID, that is a problem because fear has nothing to do with God. When God is residing in you, when love is abiding in you, there is no fear. And I'm going to confirm it right here with this scripture. It says, there is no fear in love. There is no fear in God. There is no fear in us when God is in us. But perfect love, that perfected love, that God love, that Jesus love, casteth out fear. Why? Because fear hath torment. 
He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So if you find yourself in fear because of these times, you're afraid in certain situations, then you have to take time out, sit before God, talk to him, listen to his word, pray and ask God to help you with that. I saw that when we had a lot of other, you know, uh, things going on, George Floyd and, 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 and different situations like that, you know, and some other, uh, you know, uh, uh, situations where it seemed to be racially motivated or possibly racially motivated. I started seeing people that were saved that I knew. And I shared this on a video a couple years back. I saw a friend of mine and I mean, this dude anointed. You know, um, he's done some great things in the kingdom. And I was so surprised to see him online with his gun shooting at a gun range talking about don't try me, try Jesus. I was I was floored. I was I was taken back by like, what? Like, what is he talking about? Like, you know, like and why is he showing his gun? Like what? Like what is going on here? And it's because if we're not careful and we hear about these situations, we see these situations, we will get caught up in these situations and we'll start handling them in a carnal manner. We won't allow God to lead us at watchful as well as pray, right? We have to be watchful as well as pray, acknowledge him in all our ways, and he shall direct our paths. That's why we have to continue to talk to him. Even when we see stories like this, like we can't just jump in the comments and say stuff that we don't really know about. No, we have to allow God to speak to our heart, to, to bring clarity and truth to things before we just jump on the bandwagon of things and just start saying things and assuming things, because that's where more confusion come in. The world is doing enough of that. Those that are not being led by the spirit, they're doing enough of that. So why are we adding on to that? Right. But there's no way on God's green earth that we should be in fear. Listen, I've had talks with friends of mine. I don't personally have a gun. Right. But I've had talks with friends of mine, family of mine that are saved, that have guns because, you know, there's always that, you know, I don't even want to say it's a debate, but there's always a discussion of, you know, uh, is, uh, you know, what you having a gun is that you showing fear or just exercising your right and so on and so forth. So I've had really good conversations um, with people um, family and friends about that. And it goes back to this again. The one thing I say to them, like, listen, if you have that gun because you are afraid, then your trust is not in the Lord. If you are afraid that something is going to happen to you and that's why you got the, that gun, then that is a problem. No matter how you change it around, no matter how you try to slice it, listen, you got to be very careful with that because my Bible says that there is no fear in love, that if I am abiding in Christ, I should not be afraid. Should I be a concerned? Should I be aware? Should I be cautious? Absolutely. But those things are very different than from being afraid. And this is something that I also shared with some friends of mine and some family members of mine, I said, listen, think about this, you know, and it wasn't me telling them that they shouldn't have a gun. That's between you and God. But think about this. This is something to really think about. Even with you having a gun and how do I know what I'm about to say? Because if you know my testimony, I was in the streets. I was in a gang. I sold drugs, hustled, did all that in and out of jail, went to... So I saw things, I, I, I seen all types of things, things that you wouldn't believe. And one thing I've learned from being in the street, I don't care how thorough you are with a gun. If you do not see the threat coming, it does not matter. And I, what I explained to them was, listen, 
even with your gun, you still have to depend on the grace of God to allow you to see the threat coming. Because if you do not see the threat coming, you still will lose your life. I used to work at a job before I started doing independent contract work. My last job I worked at, I left there in 2016. These guys, all they talked about that worked there was all the guns that they had in their house. I got this gun, I got that gun. And in my mind, I'm I'm sitting there working, you know, whether I'm leaving in the truck because I drove for them or, or I was in the warehouse. I'm sitting there looking at these guys sitting at a counter selling motors all day long where somebody could just come in and take their head off that they have a problem with. So it's like, no matter how many guns you got in your house, yes, it may be great for you fortifying your house and you know somebody's trying to come in, you're aware of that threat. But if you're just out and about and you still out here grocery shopping and working and doing this and that, listen, you still need the grace of God for you to see that threat coming. Because if you do not see that threat coming, I've seen many, I've been to many funerals, dudes that did not play around when it came to that gun. Dudes that if they saw you coming, best believe they was going to get up out of there. But guess what? Many of them died because eventually they did not see it coming. So you still, with your gun, have to depend on the grace of God. So if you're somebody out there and you don't have a gun, that's basically what we are doing. You know, God kept me when I was in the streets. I got a bullet graze on my shoulder, stab wound in my arm, cut on my hand from somebody running a knife across my fingers. Listen, if he kept me then, I just going to trust him that he'll keep me now. And that's not me saying that if you are saved and got a gun, that you don't love the Lord or trust in the Lord, but I hope that you do not have that gun because you are afraid. Because once again, the scripture, verse 18, 1 John 4 and 18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. That word cast out, it means to remove, it removes fear. When we are one with Christ, there should no longer be any fear there, right? So it says it casts out fear because why? Why does, why does God get rid of the fear in our life? Because fear hath torment. Listen to the definition of torment. Torture, misery, to afflict with greatly bodily or mental suffering, pain. Have you ever seen anybody that is in fear, that is constantly afraid? It is a terrible thing to see. I Have you ever been there? I've been there before I knew the Lord. There was times where, you know, I, I might have been afraid about something, whether that was when I was in the street or whatever have you. But listen, when I came to know the Lord, when I was able to look back at everything that he did in my life, the things that he kept me, you know, um, from kept from happening to me, you know, when I was in those streets and running and wilding, the things that he kept me from doing to somebody else. I shared a testimony before how I ran up on the guy and tried to blow his head off and the gun jam. God kept me in them in those situations. So if he kept me in that way, why won't he keep me now? And this is not me telling you to put your gun down or none of that, but I'm just making a point, right? It's just something to think about because if we trust the Lord, we trust the Lord, but we should absolutely be nowhere near in fear because fear has torment. And, and, you know, when I look at these situations of these different things happening to Ralph, you know, happening to, uh, uh, to Kaylin Gillis, uh, happening to Heather Roth and Peyton Washington happening to uh, little Kinsley and her dad, William, you know, when I look at these situations, whether it was fear, hate or whatever have you, it's ludicrous. It's insane. It's terrible. There's no excuse for it. It's nonsense, right? Because 
you know, there's no way that somebody should be uh, addressed or, 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 or attacked on this type of level because of a mistake. But this is the day that we are living in. These things are spiritual. This is not by chance that these things are happening. And that's why I wanted to talk about these stories. I wanted to share this, this, this scripture about fear. I wanted to share a little bit of some testimonies and things that I've seen myself so that we can be, you know, so that we can understand that, listen, this stuff is not going away. This is just where we are. And the only way that we're going to truly make it home right? Remember I said, there's no place like home. There's no place like, you know, being in your house home, but there's no place like being home and living eternally with Jesus, right? And the only way that's going to do that is if we continue to abide in him, because he said that this world is passing away. So if you're going to attach yourself to the world, guess what? If it's going to die, you are going to die with it. But he says, those that abide in me, amen, and that do my will, he says, they are going to live for ever. But let me share this last scripture with you. And I, and I believe it's confirmation of, for, for those of us that are saved, that claim Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, I believe this is confirmation of what we were talking about, about when it comes to fear. Second Timothy says, for God have not, Second Timothy 1 and 7, for God have not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And when he says God has not given us a spirit of fear, what is he talking about, right? What what is the spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of a sound mind? And notice that fear is a spirit, right? Once again, this stuff is spiritual. All this hate, all this crazy stuff we see is starting in the spiritual realm first. Whether you diagnose it as mental illness or whatever have you, it starts in the spiritual realm first. You know, not to say that it's not that because absolutely their mental or their mind is being affected. But he says, listen, those that are saved, he has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And that's the spirit that's of power, love, and a sound mind. So, you know, when it talks about power, and it talks about love and a sound mind. It shows us, you know, that when you have the spirit, you're supposed to be handling things in a responsible manner with power, with love, you know, with a sound mind, not being all, you know, crazy and and feeding into stuff and wilding. No, we handle things with a sound mind, with the mind of Christ, right? We look at things through the lens of the Lord. We look at things unbiased. We don't look at things in color, black, white. We don't look at things in that way. Even if there's a racial component to something, we see it how God sees it. And we know that, you know, when it's all said and done, it's spiritual, it's good and it's evil. It's not even really about a color. But I wanted to share that because stuff like this is very passionate to me, you know, um, especially when you see things of this nature happen and stuff like this are things that I'm going to be talking a little bit more about because I see sometimes things that's happening in, in, in the nation where I live in, in the United States. You know, I don't know where, you know, you may be watching from right now. I know many of you are probably in the United States, but some things that I see and, and hear about, it's, it's just, it's mind blowing. And I think it all ties right back into the scripture. But I pray that this podcast was an encouragement to you guys. I pray that it it has given you something to think about, right? When it comes to where we are in this world, where we are in Christ, that's what we've been talking about. Get that relationship strong with the Lord. The most important thing right now, excuse me, is 
abiding in his word, right? Sitting down at his feeding, hearing his word, his instructions for us to get home is to, is, is to abide in him because all Satan does is through the tragedies in our life, the tragedies that happen around us, that's what he tries to use to get us to walk away from God. But listen, I don't know about you. My life went by fast. Like I got to 46 super fast. So for me to walk away from God over some money, over something that's happening in my life I don't like or that I'm seeing in the world, it doesn't even make sense. Life is going by too fast for me to lose eternal life. But know that I love you guys. And until the next time we hop on the podcast together, Shalom.